0: Hi, my name is Margaret. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from pride, control, and fear. Hello. I grew up in San Diego, and I grew up Catholic. I was baptized as a baby, got my first communion, served as an altar server, and went to church every Sunday. However, my dad, who was preparing to become a priest before I was born, ended up becoming an alcoholic. He was emotionally and verbally abusive, and nothing we did was right in his eyes. Unfortunately, when you grow up hearing these things every day, you begin to believe them, and they became my identity. I believed I was worthless and couldn't do anything right, and that I was a burden and therefore unworthy of love. I felt in the way, and as a result, I was having suicidal thoughts from the time I was eight years old. Fortunately, nothing ever came of that, but this led to me trying to earn my love, worth, and value. I thought maybe if I got straight A's, was super respectful, kept my mouth shut, stayed out of the way, and was successful in soccer, then my dad would love me. In light of this, I projected those beliefs about my earthly father onto God. Growing up Catholic, I believed that God wanted me to go to heaven, but only if I went to confession, said my Our Fathers and my Hail Marys, The idea was reinforced that love was not freely given. It was something that had to be earned. By the time I was 12, my mom had decided that she had had enough, ended up getting a divorce and we moved to Texas. When we got here, we tried to find a church but nowhere felt like home. So I stopped going unless I went with a friend. I continued praying but definitely wasn't growing in my relationship with the Lord. At this point, I began struggling with a lot of anger and anxiety to the point where I was literally worrying myself sick. Once I got to high school, that seated belief that love had to be earned had really taken root. I found myself giving pieces of myself away in order to try to earn love. Unfortunately, after dating a guy for almost six years and giving every piece of myself to him, I found out later that he had cheated on me. The lies from my childhood came back louder than ever. You're worthless. You gave this guy everything and it still wasn't enough. He still didn't want you. You can't do anything right. I fell into a black hole of despair. And that's the thing about finding your identity in something you could lose. When you lose that thing, you lose yourself with it. By the grace of God, a few weeks later, one of my roommates asked if I would be interested in being on the leadership team for FCA. I thought, I did it in high school, and it would be a great way to meet people, so why not? Through FCA, I was able to get involved in the local Baptist church. While there, I met a girl named Molly, who asked if she could disciple me. One day, she asked if I had ever surrendered my life to Jesus. This question was always so confusing to me. I mean, I had been baptized as a baby, but I personally had never made that decision. I didn't want to be uncomfortable anymore. I wanted to be able to say with confidence, yes, I've given everything to Jesus. I've declared that he's my Lord and Savior. She recited Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And by God's grace and free gift, I was saved. I tried to start living like a Christian following that. I wasn't really studying my Bible, but I was reading it. I was going to multiple Bible studies throughout the week and multiple church services on Sundays. I even went on a mission trip to Guatemala and several mission trips across the U.S. I began to pray that I would shine Jesus' light everywhere I went so when others looked at me, they'd see him. I prayed that I would stay on the path he laid out before me and that I would not stray from it. And I began praying for my future husband. However, I was still struggling with insecurity and finding my value in what man thought of me. And honestly, I was holding on to so much hurt and anger from my past that a lot of my relationships were hindered. On top of all of that, my junior year of college, someone came into my room in the middle of the night and attempted to sexually assault me. The next morning, I wasn't questioning God's existence, but I was beginning to question his goodness and his plans. God, why did this happen? Do you have a purpose? At that moment, I got a notification on my phone from the Bible app. It was the verse of the day, which was Genesis 50, 20. You intended evil against me, but God used it for good. It was a reminder that God doesn't want bad things to happen to us. He grieves with us. Yet he can take what the enemy intended for evil and use it for good. But following this event, I never really dealt with the grief or the pain. Despite that pain, once I tried to be obedient to what God was calling me to, I could see how many ways he wanted to use me. Shortly after another toxic relationship ended, I met a youth pastor at a local church and he introduced me to the worship pastor. God was calling me to serve on this worship team and even though it was out of my comfort zone, I obeyed. Then I started serving in the youth ministry. Then he led me to lead worship for the youth group and help others learn to lead worship. Gradually, I began to serve on the council for our singles ministry. It was crazy what happened when I stopped living for my own will and started living for his. I was falling in love with him and falling in love with his word and could see how many ways he wanted to use me. But it wasn't until the world shut down a year later that I realized I had been using busyness as a distraction. If I was constantly serving, socializing, or working, I didn't have to deal with pain, anger, or grief. In quarantine, I had very little to be distracted with. I felt alone and depressed, so I started praying. Soon after, as buildings began to reopen following COVID, the Lord led me to Watermark. I became a member, started serving, got in a community group, and started dating my now husband. He could see some sin cycles in me and highly encouraged me to check out Regen, but I was resistant. I had every excuse on why I couldn't attend. But one day, someone had invited me to coffee at Watermark and asked if we could first sit in the worship of region, and I never turned back. I'd be lying if I said that region wasn't harrowing. Step four, inventory stirred up a lot of hurts that I had repressed, but it was the harms done by me that caused me to lose sleep at night. It was the first time that I really started to understand the weight of the guilt and shame that Jesus carried for me on the cross. The shame that I was experiencing from all the ways I had damaged others, yet didn't have to carry anymore. When I got to step eight, I was able to forgive those who hurt me, including my dad and the man who tried to assault me. Yet the step that I dreaded more than anything was step nine, amends. I showed up every week anxious that we were getting closer and closer because I knew this meant reaching out to my dad. And with him, I never knew how he'd respond. My leader at the time encouraged me to have the conversation in person. And honestly, I did not receive that counsel well, but I was obedient. Three months after commencing, when my dad was in town visiting from San Diego, by the grace of God, I was able to make amends with my dad and it could not have gone better. I don't automatically have everything together now. Healing is not a linear process and there are certain triggers that I'm still learning as the days pass. But if I could sum up everything I've learned into one sentence, it would be that although day by day I couldn't see God working, when I look back, I see him in everything. And I've come to the true understanding that love isn't something that has to be earned. It's freely given. God loves us so much, he sacrificed his only son, whom he loved deeply. Despite the fact that Jesus was actually successful in his pursuit of perfection, a perfection I could never attain, no matter how hard I tried, For a brief moment, he endured the entirety of the wrath of God that I deserved so I could have a relationship with God. And if God did not think that I was valuable or worthy or lovely, he would not have sacrificed his son. But thank you, Lord, he did. Now I am granted the humbling experience of leading a group of women through their own hurts, unforgiveness, and amends. If you are here for the first time, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. I pray that you will be reminded tonight how much God loves you, no matter what burdens you're carrying with you tonight. My name is Margaret. I have a new life in Christ. I am recovering from pride, control, and fear, and to God be all the glory.